listening to the One of Us Got Net Podcast Network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Time to play. I hope everybody got their dice back. Thanks for finally getting to session zero. I know it took like eight months to finally get everybody together with their schedules, but let's get this going. The two of you walk into a tavern. In the corner, there is a gnomish bard singing about how he fucked a dragon three times. I fuck him. Um, okay, actually, you were supposed to talk to the. Okay, um, so he gets mad and he starts chasing you around the room with his loot, smacking you in the head. Hold on, I'm gonna, I need to roll. Sorry, it's the first time DMing me. I cast magic missile. He counterspells and then uses mage hand to push it back to you. I think that's how you use mage hand. Hold on, let me get the handbook. Uh, It's too hard here. I'm just gonna roll for damage. Uh... Ooh, that's a crit. That is, hold on, let me, let me roll damage. He is a level 27. Uh, I know that's above the D&D levels, but here. <laughs> he had some enhancements. Um, so that would be a 572 damage. So that, you are level one. So that means, I think that even transfers to the other characters. That is a total party kill. Uh, that's, um... <laughs> That's fine. I'm just here for the Cheetos and Mountain Dew, so it's all right. I'm here for Chris Pine. When is he arriving? Okay, wait, wait. I did plan for this. Hold on. Okay, so you're in a place that's just all darkness, and there's a fortress, and out of the fortress comes this woman, and she's just covered in feathers. This is the Raven Queen. I fuck her. This is the Raven Queen. She's a goddess. She's... (laughs) She was gonna, she likes memories. So if you gave her an account of the D&D Honor Among Thieves movie, she was gonna bring you back to life. God, you guys just don't know how to play. I'm gonna take my dice bag and go. We really blew it. Very quickly, like in two minutes. Wow, that's really good. Anyway, hello all. Yes, we are here to review the new Dungeons & Dragons movie Honor Among Thieves. As Kim has said, there is Chris Pine. And while... We will soon introduce their character models. How about we introduce ours? First, we have got Harmony, Mistress of the Mountain, Half-Elf Sorcerer. Oh, something like that. <laughs> Slash Bard. I mean, she multiclassed right there. Yep. And then we also have Kim, the Barbarian Half-Orc, Half-Gnome. It was a really weird marriage. Yeah, my parents... um. They have great personalities. (laughs) (laughs) And I am your humble dungeon master, Mindy. And I would just like to say before we get into this, how happy I am that it is three women who are reviewing this film. Yeah, women can be gamers, bitch. 
So before we get into what we thought of this, how about we give a little synopsis of this theatrical campaign? Yeah, let's do. Let me pull up my notes really quick. Ooh, you took notes. You took notes. So you get an inspiration point because you took Ooh. notes of the last session. Nice. Okay, awesome. So this Dungeons and Dragons quest starts off with Chris Pine, who's our main character, and Michelle Rodriguez. They are in prison. And not just a fun prison, they are in an ice prison. So, you know. And side note, Chris Pine's character is named Edgen Darvis, and Michelle Rodriguez is Holga Kilgore. Darvis is a human bard. Holga is a human barbarian. Anyway, continue. So they are in prison. Their appeal to get out of prison is coming up soon. They have a plan to get out of prison that's not uh, traditional, let's say. And they go on a quest to find Chris Pine or Egan Darvis's daughter, played by Chloe Coleman, who has been taken care of by a close friend, played by Hugh Grant, whose name is Forge Fitzwilliam. He is a rogue human. And I believe he's a con man, is what Chris Pine calls him. Yes. Well, they're all thieves, so. They're all thieves. Yeah. For various reasons. Yes. And there's a little bit of an issue because Hugh Grant does not want to give the daughter back. Well, she doesn't want to go with him. No. Exactly. And so from that point on in the story, we follow Chris Pine, Michelle, and then they pick up a good band of friends. I'll go ahead and start with Doric. What was she, Mindy? She's a tiefling druid. She's actually the friend of Justice Smith's character, Simon Omar, who's a half-elf sorcerer. And so they're going to go and get... Forge Fitzwilliam, who has made himself like the Duke of a kingdom, who has been having the help of Sophina, who is in fact secretly a red wizard of Thay, who is the necromancer wizards, who has an evil plot of their own. Lots of plots within plots. Yes. And then, of course, the featured extra on oh all of the trailers was, I'm going to butcher his name, but he's Rajay Jean. Page? I think that's his name. No, Mindy, that's not his name at all. Mindy from the future here. Kim's right. We are going to absolutely butcher this good man's name the entirety of this review. So to make up for it, I'm just going to let him introduce himself. My name is Regejan Page. Zank Yendar, a human paladin who is so delightful. So delightful. And there's a reason that I'm saying specifically, like, what species they are, is that this is Dungeons and Dragons. These classifications are very important Important. to characterization. Yes, but I think something that we could also point out is... There are a lot of characters in this. There is and so many yes. characters. It would be good to know, to have some basic knowledge of Dungeons and Dragons species and race and all of that going into it. Because the movie is not holding your hand through a lot of this. No. It's kind of like, either you know what these races are, what their powers are, or you don't. Right. We're not going to stop and explain it to you. Which I loved in a way, because it didn't slow the movie down. It didn't really give us their like Ocean's Eleven scenes where it's like, this is Steve, and he's really good at bending, so he goes into the vents when we steal from the banks. <laughs> we had scenes kind of like that where we were introduced to all the characters, but it felt very natural mm-hmm. because our two main leads kind of just came upon the rest of the team as they were in the process of either a scheme or a fight or something. So instead of them stopping to do a exposition reel on their powers and abilities and all that, we just got to see a glimpse of it when we met the character. So I thought that was really well done. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about this movie is that 
this is D&D. Mm-hmm. And for those who have any kind of knowledge of D&D, they're gonna love this. Because, like, my knowledge of D&D is... I've only recently started playing D&D. I'm actually been playing like role playing games, tabletop role playing for, you know, over a decade now. It's how I met my husband. And actually Harmony is in our fate based game. Yeah, people, there's more gaming systems than just D&D. But I've only started playing recently. And my experience with D&D is a lot of real play shows for the mm-hmm. most part. It's yeah. Dimension 20. It's not another D&D podcast. It's Critical Role. And so a lot of that is homebrew, which is the GM is making it up as they go along. Mm-hmm. But even with that, even if you don't know it ahead of time, you can go back and look at it and be like, oh, that's really nifty that they added this thing. And this is really nifty because like, I also took my husband who played D&D when he was younger before he decided that he wanted to switch to another system. And it's like, yes, there were things that he didn't get, but he had like that cursory knowledge just as I have that cursory knowledge. And even with that, there was enough to be like, oh my gosh, that's a shout out. And this is a shout out. And this is totally the game. And this is how a campaign would be set to the point that at least I found it really enjoyable. My knowledge of D&D is all very cultural. Like I had lots of friends who played D&D. I've tabletop role-played game probably 20 years like forever but I've never actually sat down and did a D&D campaign so for me this was all just things that I have picked up over 20 years of gaming other games and having kind of this cursory understanding of the game and I totally enjoyed this movie the things that were like inside jokes probably I missed but most of them I feel like I got and I don't want to spoil any of them because they are really great, but things like when they're using this item to talk to the dead, it's like an actual game. You just keep fucking up and then you just like, well, let's try this next one. There was a lot of moments. That is an actual spell yeah. too. Yeah. Speak with the dead is the name of the spell that they use. Like there's a fight between a mage hand, which is a type of spell, and Maximilian's earthen grasp which is another spell. And if you know the gist of it, you'd be like, oh my gosh, that's a shout out. But if you don't, you'd be like, oh, these are two magic users that are using two hands against each other. That's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. It's like whatever knowledge you have of just gaming, it's better if you know more because you can get bits more. But if you don't, I don't think that that detracts you from enjoying this film. I completely agree with both of you. I think I probably had the least knowledge between you two going in. I've never played the game. I knew of the game. I feel like all my knowledge was from Stranger Things, but I'm also the type of movie watcher where if I don't understand something when I'm watching the movie, I'll watch like 20 YouTube videos after the movie and I'm like, ooh, that's what that was? (laughs) And so my enjoyment of the film, going into it not knowing much, but still having a great time afterwards I got to continue enjoying it in a way because I got to watch easter egg videos and I'm still learning things from you two and I'm just like so much thought went into this and I always appreciate a movie that puts thought into it and I feel like it wasn't like just kind of force-fed to people who don't understand the gaming system or I don't feel like it was so dumbed down or so over the top it was a really good middle where I think Anybody can enjoy this. There's a lot of humor in it. There's a lot of action and adventure. Some great scenes with 
Rene Jean, whatever his name is, he's a gorgeous man. Rene Jean Page, yes, he is very pretty. Yeah, oh, he's, oh, he's the Duke from Bridgerton, ladies. Like, come on. And they uh, him, I've never seen a man have more slow mo walking scenes than him in a film. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> just walks in it's just slow and the thing with his character too is that he is a paladin and paladins are known as killjoys they are lawful good killjoys and that is a good segue into how did we think about the acting because like i thought he was hilarious because of his characterization as a lawfully good paladin it's like everything is given directly as intended and he's like 110 percent in comparison to everybody else and in regards to the rest of them i thought everybody worked so well together it was a great ensemble absolutely like they really worked well and i believe their relationships you know absolutely what I, mean? like I believe that michelle rodriguez and chris pine's characters have a years-long relationship yes theirs is such a great one there's so much warmth and teasing, but also like a real love for each other and not like a romantic kind of way. So many things try to force a romance between their characters. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they had this bond that wasn't romance was so refreshing. I dug that she dug Shortman. Yeah, she loves halfling boys. Yeah. Love that. Gotta love a short king. They did a really good job at portraying a non-sexual brother-sister relationship. Yes. Especially yes. showing that I think they've been friends for the whole lifespan of his daughter. So for at mm-hmm. least... 15, 16 years, something like that. And Michelle Rodriguez's character helps raise Chris Pine's daughter. And there was never any romance going on. Right. Uh, But speaking of romance, I would like to point out that I was feeling, and this just might be the like 14 year old fanfic reader in me, but there was some mad sexual tension between Chris Pine and Renee Jean. Oh, yes. (laughs) Who wouldn't? That's what I say. In my That's Wattpad true. fantasy. That's right true. It's just too much sexy in a room, truly. Ooh. But um, Rene Jean, I was a little bit worried that he might be a scene stealer. They used him just to write him out. Yes. I, I would like. say he's probably yeah. in the film for maybe 20 minutes. And they used him just enough. But there came a point when he was doing some badass stuff where I was like, ooh, he might be overshadowing Chris Pine's character. But I think that was kind of the point. <laughs> And I'm happy they removed him. And I'm happy they did it the way they did, too, because it very much, again, goes into the side of, if you know D&D, it's like, this is a Game Master's NPC character who comes in, gives a ton of exposition, steals the show, and then leaves. So it's an inside joke for people who know Mm -hmm. the tropes of gaming, too. So it's, again, there's another level. And I ah, they did suck. They did their homework. (laughs) He's so happy. It's obviously very much a love letter to people who enjoy gaming but also like i was saying earlier it's very open to people who just like action adventure comedies fantasy yeah yeah loads of fun i personally am an action adventure enthusiast i was gonna say ho i'm gonna say (laughs) i'm an action adventure ho if a movie is campy there's sweaty men swinging from things and chris pine singing yes I freaking love a comedy action adventure movie that doesn't take itself too seriously, but there are stakes. Absolutely. Because it was not gruesome, but at the same time, I felt like there were world-ending stakes at play. Yeah. So they did a good job doing that. Oh, yeah. Which is just D&D. Yeah. 
So the main villain, played by Daisy Head, Sophina, did a fantastic job. Yes. Her character design was on point. You know, you give me a bald woman with head tattoos. I love the fact that her dress changed color. Yeah, her dress would change colors. This woman, if she was up to evil deeds, she yeah. was like, was it red or was it black? It's red because she's a red wizard. Yes, a red wizard. And so her character was a lot of fun. And I loved her. The casting director put their whole foot in this movie mm-hmm. because they knew exactly who to pair off with who yes. to really just bring their characters to life. Sophina's character and Hugh Grant's character, Forge, they team up as like the baddies of the film. And I just loved watching them play because Hugh Grant was uncomfortable around her because he knows she could snap his neck or like melt him or whatever in a blink. <laughs> but at the same time, he's kind of her boss. There was such an awkward partnership. Yeah. Yes, it was an uneasy partnership that played so well. Mm-hmm. So they were two of the great duos. And then, of course, we've already talked about Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez. They were so funny together. Uh-huh. I really liked their dynamic. She was, I would say, to compare to something else, was very similar to Drax in that she was very literal yes. in the Marvel world. Mm-hmm. So I thought that really played off kind of Chris Pine's very goofy, outlandish bard character. It made sense. And one thing I thought about when you mentioned Sophina's changing dress, let's talk about the visuals because i want to talk about my chonky boy ember chod <laughs> who is the red dragon i didn't know his name going in while i was looking up plushies i now know that he has a name and a backstory and i learned because somebody that i'm in a facebook group with knows the animator he is based on a corgi oh and that my makes God, me love him even more of course he is I love my Chonky boy and I will defend him to the death. I was squeeing about him for days after this movie. So what did y'all think about the visual style? I personally had no complaints about anything I saw. And so a lot of this film, I think, was CGI. Oh, yeah. But it didn't. I don't know if there's a term for this, but sometimes when I'm looking at a fully CGI movie for too long, I just start to almost my eyes glaze over because... I realize nothing is grounded. Nothing has, like, depth, really. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. so nothing has soul. Yeah, not having a soul, really. The uncanny valley, but, like, landscape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and seeing this film was like, this is how you do it. This yes. is how you world build. Every tavern we went into, every castle room, any place we were, it felt grounded to me. It felt like it had weight. The characters in them felt like it had weight. Especially, there was one character in the film who can shapeshift. Yes, Doric. And I was a little bit worried about her shapeshifting and if that would get a little choppy with her shapeshifting, but I felt like it was very seamless. Yes. Yeah. It never took away from me anything they were doing, and the costumes were just fun. And she was an owlbear. Those have a long history of D&D as owlbears. Technically, she shouldn't be able to wild shape into one, but they were like, screw that. Owlbears are cool. We're going to let her transform into an owlbear. It's whatever edition that they're doing now. It's fine. It's a new edition. It's a home fine. I thought it was kind of seamless. Like, the CGI is really good in this. Like you said, it doesn't seem choppy. It's not Uncanny Valley, even though we have like some kind of menacing like zombie moments. Enough of the practical effects work, like again, when we're raising the dead, the practical makeup effects of the corpses that they're talking to, amazing. It didn't seem cheesy. It didn't seem over the top. 
it's so pretty in a lot of places and it's so gritty and dirty in others in terms of like earthiness, I guess is the best way to put that, where it feels, though it is a fantasy, there is a believability. You're willing to suspend that disbelief enough that like, you know, yeah, this is a real fantasy world and I'm here for it. One other thing I do want to mention about the world is they gave us treats where they took us to a bunch of different environments. Yes, that's where I was going with. Which, I mean, I haven't played the game, but I do feel like that is probably a D&D thing. Yeah, it's set in the Forgotten Realms universe, specifically. Oh, okay. But yeah, we got to see like a fully like snow icy place when they were in jail. We saw a lot of lush green areas when they were meeting all their teammates. We went to the graveyard that Harmony was just talking about. And the graveyard looked really good. And we even went to like some, it looked like kind of like the inside of a volcano at one point. Every single setting they gave us looked stunning, looked really good. Yeah. So how about, since we've been gushing, how about we gush into our final thoughts? So let's just roll a dice and see who goes first. So that would be Harmony. Go ahead. Yeah. Highly recommend this movie. I actually recommended it to my school and they took their little D&D group to go see it. It's just a fun movie. It doesn't take itself so seriously, but there are stakes involved, which is important. And it's also really pretty. The humor's there, the fact that we get to see Chris Pine sing and it turns kind of awful <laughs> is amazing. You know, like that was Uncanny Valley and that was done really well. The whole experience, it was like a two hour and something long movie. 134 minutes, whatever that translates into. So that's about two hours and 15 minutes. Does not seem like, to me, anything dragged. The cemetery joke started to get a little old, but it was to tell a story and I get that. But other than that, I really am into this movie. I hope they make more and I hope if they do make more, they keep it up with the quality and maybe get some more characters in there because you know might as well just glut the system now (laughs) so i'm gonna give this just because i have a hard time giving something a 10 i'm gonna give this a 9.5 out of 10 gazebos (laughs) you must face the gazebo alone harmony must face the gazebo yes (laughs) that's a DD joke kim it's fine it's okay it's okay how about you kim I think it's very apparent that we all thoroughly enjoyed this film. And I just looked online because the writing was so sharp. Mm -hmm. Aaron Sorkin, I think, is that writer who's known for his, like, wordy dialogue. Yeah. I felt like if you made it more accessible, one of his screenplays where the writing was just so clever, there was never a point in the film where I was like, this is dragging. It really moved us from action scene to action scene. And a lot of them were really well choreographed, honestly. Some of the best fight scenes I've seen. And I love a Marvel movie. But Marvel, after seeing this, I'm like, y'all really need to step it up. Step it up. And I think one of the ways they could step it up is hiring the main writer on this. Which, I don't know if y'all looked into this. It's John Francis Daly. Oh! Who was the lead actor in that waiting movie. He was in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah! He was the cute little medical assistant on Bones who got shot in the head, I think. Yeah. But he's been doing his writing thing for like a decade now, and I think it's really showing. He really got some skills when it comes to writing. As far as the movie goes, like, at its very base, action-wise, A+, adventure-wise, AA+, comedy. The movie was surprisingly very, very funny. 
I don't think five minutes went by. It doesn't even matter what scene we were seeing. We could see a scene of someone's wife dying and they would jump you right out of that scene to a fully comedic scene with a giant bird man. Yeah. <laughs> and Eric Okra. <laughs> and the movie was just really funny. One of my favorite characters of the year. This movie's super funny. Honestly, if you need a good laugh, skip a comedy special, go to this movie. It was really funny. We've already said great visuals. If I had to give it a criticism, which I do think I probably should, I can't just say it's perfect, (laughs) I think maybe, just maybe, we could have shaved off one to two characters. I do think the film's a little bloated. I will say that. It's hard to say because I loved each and every character. Who that would be, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who I would, or maybe not even, maybe combined two characters would also work for me. Just something like that, because at the end of the day, I do feel like we could have concentrated a bit more on Chris Pine and his daughter. His daughter was kind of the almost forgotten character in this. She's the main motivation fueling him throughout the film to get her back. But as you notice, we barely mention her throughout our review. But again, that doesn't take away from the film. It's just more to love, I guess. And I will say, if you're not a Dungeons & Dragons person, this film is a very good entryway into that world and it doesn't talk down to you if you're interested after seeing it like I said you can go do your own research have fun doing it so I'm gonna give this film I think I'm gonna give it a 9.5 out of 10 head tattoos nice well as you both have said and I have said many many times in this review this movie is delightful on just a general comedic fantasy level it is incredibly fun but if you are a D&D player, lover of any kind, you will be so happy with this film. Because I spent a significant amount of time going through and being like, how would this play out in a real campaign? Uh-huh. Like, the very first scene where Chris Pine is giving his backstory. I have a half-elf warlock her backstory goes on for pages. That is such <laughs> a trope to have a long involved backstory. And then it goes into the team gathers and meets in a tavern where there's somebody there with a quest and they show the room that that quest is in, which looks like a miniature model that you would use if you're playing with miniatures. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned that they have spells that are real spells that you can be, oh, that's slow time. Oh, that's wild shape. There's a point where Dork, the druid, she's wild shaping into a whole bunch of things to get intel. And then the wizard notices her. I'm like, that wizard just passed her perception check and noticed that she was there. And you're going through this whole thing going, how would this play out in a real campaign? And I loved that. And the shout outs that were there too, like in the actual maze part, like the dungeon crawly part, quote unquote, There are characters there that are from the animated show from the 80s, and they take a significant part of that maze. It's not just a blink and you miss it cameo. Mm -hmm. Like the people that wrote this, the people that produced this, like I said, they did their research, and I am so freaking happy they did because my knowledge of this, a lot of it is homebrew. But knowing that there is a ton of really involved complex lore underneath it all that a lot of people tend to forego for their own storylines, that's really interesting, too, to learn. 
But even if you just have a minimal of knowledge, you will find these references and you will be so happy that you caught them. I love this movie. It was delightful and they need to make more. So I am going to give it the same. It's 9.5 across the boards because my one criticism is the thing is because there is so much lore and there's such a short amount of time to tell it in, you can't really tell all of it. But at the same time, there's a part of me going, well, in a real campaign, that's what would happen. A lot of the faults that I have, I can just wave off as, well, this is what would happen in a real campaign. So are they really flaws or was that intentional? So the fact that even their flaws, they can say it's because of D&D. Man, they did their research and I love them for it. So like I said, I'm going to give it 9.5. Well, you can't have a half, but we are in this time. Dices put in the dice jail because they keep rolling nat ones. <laughs> we got a critical roll nat 20 over here. And you keep rolling me a one to get blasted by fire by fatty fat member chai. <laughs> but hey, he's adorable. So I'm cool with that. Corgis with wings. Always, always a good thing. 